Welcome back to another edition of Scoreline Extra with myself, Sinead Kyo. On the show today, we have all the GAA action. We'll also talk Formula One, basketball, greyhound racing and lots, lots more. First up, we hear from Carlo Under-20 football manager Morris Brown on his side's Andrew Corden Cup victory. Yeah, she looked it's a, a huge achievement um, for the lads, you know, and for ourselves as a management team to, to win us, get over the line. Um, I suppose Carlo have been in a couple of finals and lost them narrowly, you know, over the last couple of years, so it was, uh, it was nice to get over the line on, on, uh, on Tuesday night, yeah. And considering, you know, it's, it's, it's coming up to the 20-year anniversary as well, the Andrew Corden Cup is appropriately named and in dedication to Andrew Corden as well. That must make it a small bit extra special to kind of have such a monumental time 20 years and then come away and bring it back to Carlo yeah 20 years 20 years since time flies um, you know but we, we said it at the start of the year that um, you know we, we kind of targeted us that's what we'd love to, to win it in, in, on um, you know for the family and uh, in Andrew's memory I suppose he was such a good good player for um, you know he captained Carlo you know at such a young age in his early 20s and um you know, he, he we really wanted to maybe drive in that into the group. You know, that the, the leadership skills that he had and and the traits that he had, and you know, to have pride in the Carlo jersey, and um, you know, it was a realistic target for us, I suppose, at the start of the year to to go on and and maybe um, to try to win it. And uh, you know, thank God it worked out. Um, you know, it worked out Tuesday night for us. So um, yeah, no, we were delighted for the, for the group of players really, with the work and the time and therefore that, that goes into you know a lot of them are away in, in colleges and different things working and um, you know at that age they're, they're relying on you know a lot of them on public transport and, and parents to bring them to training and to matches and things so you know a huge effort involved um, you know from everyone so it was, it was great it was great to, to, to honour Andrew's debt you know especially coming up to 20 years I think in May and uh you know, to, to you know, for in memory for his family and um, you know, for the county and it means an awful lot of, an awful lot of people, you know, he's a proud very proud of Hanrahan's man and um you know, just to build that and, and build that kind of a, a spirit in the lads, you know, the 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 pride to wear a Carlo jersey and um, you know, to represent it to the you know, the best we can. And not only that, and representing the best you can coming away with the cup, you play some really good free flowing football as well. Wins against Waterford, wins against Tipperary. We know that Wexford in the third round there was a loss there, but you redeemed yourself in the final. Was that something that was very important to you in terms of style of play? Yeah, I suppose. Look, we're trying to play positive football. You know, I Damien Sheehan with me from Ballinabran and Tony Bulger from Rathfilly and John Connolly from Clanmore. You know, and all put in a big effort. You know, and I suppose we, you know, we sat down to start the year and look, we said as a group like this is the way we want to play a bit of football and, um, you know. We, we didn't. Uh, we want to go and play positive football. You know, all the skills of the game, I suppose, just do the basics well, and then you know, keep passing. I suppose we'd be big into maybe working the skill of the kick passing and putting lads into space and and uh, moving the ball quickly. And you know, I suppose, you know, at times it worked for us, and, and times it doesn't. But um, you know, we were trying to do the right thing, and I suppose you know the lads are buying into us, and uh, it takes takes time to takes time to build kind of a game plan and the system in place. But um, in fairness to the lads, they're very. You know, it's easy to coach them. Um, you know that they're very, very, very uh, knowledgeable about the game and that they understand what we're trying to do. And um, you know, thank God it paid off for us on the night. Yeah. And speaking of paying off on the night, like they, you were trailing by a point at half time. What did you say at half time to kind of get that next gear out of the lads? Because it ended one twelve to two ten, but at half time it was six five to Wexford. 
Yeah, no, 6-5. Yeah, we started very poorly. I think we were 3-0 down and, uh, you know, I, I suppose the occasion as well, you know, the, the lads knew what it meant to, to a lot of people in Carlo and, uh, you know, I, I suppose maybe, you know, it takes a while then, uh, you know, guys that age maybe to settle themselves into the game and uh, it took us a while and then at half time, like we just spoke to them that we looked like a group that were maybe afraid of winning it, you know, and uh, I suppose that can happen too when, you know, we haven't won, won something in a while, so, you know, it's a little bit of confidence and um, I suppose then we were able to introduce a couple of players too that gave us a great old lift, you know, in, in the second half there and, uh, you know, I suppose, you know, the squad is the squad is everything. I mean, we have four, four guys involved the Cena football panel and we don't have an awful lot of access to them because they're obviously tied up with the Cena footballers and we have three Cena hurlers as well. So, we have seven that we've, you know, bring into the panel and trying to, you know, get, get them involved and, um, you know, that is so, you know, between the whole lot, then we're trying to keep keep everyone happy. So, um, yeah, you know, the lads know it's, it's a pan like, and you know, everyone is trying to just push each other on. And um, you know, when people when players get an opportunity, is to take it. I suppose that's the big thing. You know, when they get an opportunity, is to to go out and grab it. So in the second half, I thought we really, um, you know, we played some good football, and um, you know, we we're four points up and last kick of the game. Then Wex got a got a goal, but um, thank God we had a bit of a cushion to see that. And you mentioned the word lifting the lads up. Seeing Captain Mark being lift and be handed the trophy from members of Andrew Corden's family is just, it's really heartwarming. Uh, and I know it was down in Inniscorty as well, so I'd imagine you were just all smiling all the way home. Yeah, I know it was a great night. Like uh, Fiona, Andrew's sister, presented the cup to, to, to Mark, you know, and um, uh, sure, look, it, 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 it means so, so much to an awful lot of people in Carlow, as we were saying. And, um, you know, I just see all the families there and you know, all the sports and all the club and there's great support. Like, you know, in time I go to Carroll Match, there's always great support for the teams and they have very loyal support there and they just want to see the, you know, lads go out representing the, the jersey well and, um, you know, to get over the line and was a was a huge bonus for us. Um, I suppose finals are there to be won. You know, we played, played Wexford in the last group game and I suppose we, we kind of knew that we were in the final probably going to be against them anyway so we, we kind of use it as an opportunity to, to give our panel you know a lot of our panel um, guys on the fringes that were on as well and so it was a very tight match as well and even we went down to Waterford without our senior footballers and without our senior hurlers and we won 2-12-12 two, two, and that was a vital game for us really because we knew if we could get over the line down there against Waterford you know without our, without our, our senior players that um you know, we'd be well on the way then because we'd have tip at home. We'd have we had access in terms to now, you know, um, you know, on the busy schedule that the senior footballers are on as well. Like we had access to the lads that day, and uh, you know that made a big difference to us too when they when they can come in. You know, their experience and I suppose their physical strength. They're all up to the age. I suppose is a big thing because um, you know we have a lot of players on, on the panel too that are maybe underage again next year and the year after. So um, you know, to add that bit of strength, it was great. And we were talking uh, to Niall Carew there last week as well, and he mentioned that as well, just the physicality mm. of of some of the younger players uh, coming through the underage system. Do you think that these players now will be the core of the Carlow senior team in years to come? Oh well, that's what you'd hope so. No? Like you know, we're, we're you know, I mean, they have a lot of work done on with the Colts up along as well, and the county board putting huge effort and you can see that coming through. You know. Um, you know, you feel for Fitzpatrick there playing in the middle of the field with the with the senior hurlers and, and, and Jack McCullough playing wing back with the senior hurlers, you know what I mean? They're all they're fine footballers too, like so um you can see the the work they've done, you know, in strength and conditioning and so on and, and you know, at intercounty level you need that, you know, so it's it's about I suppose at under twenty level and I was building that environment so that lads can come along and maybe 
um, get the structures in place at that age. Then when they go into the senior panel, it's it's not a huge step up for them. You know that the the training um, is not that much different to what they'll be doing at senior level and and, and their strength conditioning programs. It's just a matter of maybe um, going up another level with it and uh, take it to the next stage. You know, but um, the, the the environment is supposed to be the big thing. You know, creating that environment where guys know what it is to, to represent their county and to play into county football. And of course then winning trophies as well on top of that and creating some type of winning culture in underage teams that can go on into the senior squad. Yeah, absolutely. And even the minors winning this morning against Wexford, you know, it gives mm. another bounce like so. You know, it all adds to this. And, um, you know, I, I suppose if, if you have strong underage teams coming through, like you're definitely going to get maybe seven or eight of them that's come through at senior level. That's what you'd be hoping. And, um, you know, that'll add to the those are panel that the seniors have there over the next couple of years too. Like, but um, again, you know, um, it, you know, it's it's a reward for all the work that's been done. You know, underage up along, and um, you know, we're we're in good stead now going to the championship in a couple of weeks' time there. And uh, talking about the championship, you have the senior team coming up against Louth in a few weeks' time, but they have a tough game tomorrow against Tipperary. Why have you made it a league campaign so far? Yeah, well, we're out in championship in uh, we're out in championship now in, in Thursday two weeks, and we're playing the winners of Offaly in Laos. That we got a, a buy into the quarter final of the the Leinster under twenty championship, so um, that will be a tough match. You know, I suppose the only advantage that we have is that we get to see them. Um, you know, the week before, so a lot obviously, or sorry, Offaly won the All Ireland last year, so. Um, you know, they'll have a, a bunch of them players available to them again. But then Laos are, are, are always tricky customers of their age level. They're always, you know, they also have um, seven or eight outstanding footballers. And I think they're four and with their senior panel, a bit like ourselves and Offaly have a three or four and with their senior panel as well. So we're all in the same boat that way. You know, we're all kind of smaller counties and, um, you know, the, the the pick wouldn't be huge. So obviously they're going to have a crossroad between the under-20s and the senior. So, um, yeah, we, we, we'll, be, we'll all be in the same boat that night going into that. So looking forward to that, yeah. We also checked back in with Lauren LaPlante on IT Carlo's All-Ireland Basketball title success. We did, yeah. It was a, it was a very fun day to have um, the women's team win and then the men's team win right after us. So lots of um, celebrations to be had afterwards. And the game in itself, like we were talking about the semi-final uh, last week, but the game in itself, you came away quite convincing winners. There was a 20-point deficit there for WIT that you were up against. Uh, did you, you seemed like you were confident all throughout. Yeah, we had um, a bit of a closer first half. Um, uh, uh, Waterford kind of hung with us, which we weren't really expecting, but we knew they were going to come out and um, really try to throw their best at us. Um, so we went into the halftime locker room and regrouped and kind of um, re- re-emphasized our game plan and came out in the second half and um, were able to push the lead a little bit more and kind of get a little bit more comfortable. So uh, it worked out in the end, but um, it made for a really good game. And, and speaking of game plan, what was the game plan coming into this? Would you have been very aware of what WIT were very capable of doing or do you just go in there and play your own game? Yeah, we had prepared for, um, defensively, we had prepared for their um, best two offensive players. We were going to uh, make sure we stuck with them well throughout the game, um, not let them get hot shooting anywhere. Um, and then offensively, we just we kind of know who our best offensive threats are. Um, we have good ball movement on our offense that really helps us 
um, get a score right when we need it um, and be able to answer any runs from the other team. So uh, that was kind of our go-to plan that we had worked on in practice the day before, and it ended up working really well. And you mentioned the second half display was a bit tighter in the first half, but in the third quarter, you had an 18-point lead throughout. So coming into the fourth quarter, do you ever, like having that type of lead, does that just spur you on to just continually keep scoring? Or occasionally some people can rest on their laurels and that's where you get to see a comeback. So fair dues that you didn't seem to rest on your laurels. You actually expanded that 18-point lead to 20. Yeah, we definitely weren't going to let up. Uh, we wanted to keep pushing the score and not let them ever get comfortable. Um, but at the same time, we knew that going into the fourth quarter, uh, we could share the ball a little bit more, you know, um, let some of our other players get a little bit more uh, time on the floor, you know. And uh, that's really what makes the game the most fun is when you're you're able to get that comfortable lead going into the fourth quarter, then everybody gets a little bit more time um, and gets to, you know, really contribute to, to the win. And you yourself really contributed to the win. I think a staggering 41 points out of the total of 84, which is, I, I think we can safely say is half at this stage. I know that's not quite appropriate maths, but at the same time, 41 points. Just a huge, huge, huge score for anybody. Um, was the game then set around getting you open for shots? little bit yeah uh well thank you it was really a testament to my teammates and their ability to share the ball and to find me when i'm open um we do, we just have great leadership from our captain claire melia and um our point guard emma carroll they do a really good job of of finding me getting those really good assists and you know i'm i'm going to shoot when i'm open um i'm, I'm not going to try and force anything but i'm also going to try and find my teammates when they're open so we did a really good job of sharing the ball and, and finding the open player. And I think that's what helped us get really quality shots. And we were able to shoot at a pretty high percentage that game. Yeah, so like where the WIT then even catch on? It seems like they haven't. Like, did they catch on to what you were trying to do and to get that kind of game plan of getting you the ball? Did you find yourself overcrowded at some stages, maybe in the first half, and then got a bit more open space in the second? Yeah, they threw a little bit of man defense at us in the second half, but for the majority of the game, they, they kind of sat back in a zone, um, a zone defense that really left our perimeter pretty open. And so that's how I, we were able to push our score was we started hitting these outside shots. And then once they overcommitted to the outside, we were able to hit um, our post players and, and score from the inside. So really um, what they were trying to throw at us <laughs> wasn't really working. We were able to... Um, find a way around it and um, get a good shot either way. And Emma Carroll herself, she contributed quite a good bit with 19 points. You have Claire Melia, the captain, with six points. So there was some nice score. Other Bar the 41 points that you scored, they seem to be quite shared around. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's, it's fun to play a game where you can have that high of a score, um, but it's coming from uh, you know so many different people. Um, and it's it's really an, a testament to um, our team's ability to share the ball and, and find people when they're open. And considering that you were the first out on the court for the day for IT Carlo, did you really get to enjoy the, the 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 win in itself? Because there was another big game coming up for the Institute as well with the men's varsity squad. They were going up against the extremely talented UCD side. So did you get to enjoy it or was there a bit of tentative celebrations knowing that it could be kind of compounded by two wins for the Institute? Yeah, 
think we celebrated a little bit, um, maybe quietly at first, and then we were able to watch um, our men's team play, and their game was super exciting. It went into overtime, um, and then once we knew that they had the win secured as well, it was it was um, much much louder of a celebration, you know. Um, and I, they went back to Carlo that night and and had a good time um, celebrating both wins. Yeah, it, it go, as you mentioned, going into overtime in, in that game, we spoke to Nate Schaefer as well last week. He got a twenty seven massive 27 points. So the two Americans are coming over there, getting a lot of scores there as well. Can you feel your influence on the side, knowing that you came from that kind of college background and knowing that you've grown up playing this sport? Can you feel the influence that you've had over the entire squad? I think so. Um, I think my teammates are able to learn a lot from me. And, and then at the same time, I learn a lot from them. And I'm lucky enough to come into a team where um, my teammates trust me enough to kind of take on that lead of, um, you know, they want me to score as much as I'd like to score, you know. Um, But they know that um, nothing that anyone on our team does is is in a selfish manner. Um, We're all uh, trying to succeed individually so that it leads to success for the whole team. Um, And we have a really good culture in that way. Um, and it's it's really led by our um, our coach as well. And talking about how great of uh, offensively you were, just to reduce the team WIT to sixty four points as well. You have to be very defensive minded and quite technically good with that and grabbing your rebounds and and looking for those picks and looking for the screens and people kind of trying to stop you moving and stuff. So like how impressive was that from a defense point of view to be able to keep them at 64 i think uh we did a pretty good job um defensively as well and uh their american what waterford's american uh kind of got hot in the first half so we had to kind of alter our uh, defensive plan a little bit to to try and shut her down um and so we ran a lot of triangle and two um on their their best um, two scorers and that uh, really helped us um, in going into the second half. By shutting their main scores down, um, we were able to push our score and um, kind of leave them leave them behind. So that worked out well. But it definitely took um, kind of a regroup at halftime in order to uh, get our defensive plan moving. Yeah, I said, I'd imagine just coming over there, winning in All-Ireland and then getting to celebrate St. Patrick's Day as well on the Thursday. It's been a very good week for the students in IT, Carlo. Yes, it's been awesome. <laughs> and uh, did you give any more thought or credence to what you're going to do next season? I know only a week has passed since we discussed that, but are you just enjoying what you've accomplished so far or have the wheels kind of started spinning as to what's next for Lauren LaPlante? Sure, but I'm definitely enjoying my last um, about month and a half here. So um, there's always a chance I could come back and play in Ireland again. Um, And if not, I'm going to make the most of the time I have left here. Uh, Right now, my family is visiting from America, and so we're doing kind of um, a tour of Ireland, just doing all the touristy stuff and and seeing the sights. So there's so much to see here, and and I know they're glad to be able to visit uh, and me playing basketball over here as well so uh, it's been it's been a great time and I would love to maybe come back we'll just have to see as always we get an update from Joe Sheehan on all things greyhound racing 
Well, it's an absolutely cracking weekend of action in the Greyhound racing world where we had a brilliant 10 race card in Kilkenny last night. And also tonight, we have the big one, the 2022 Brisbane Easter Cup finale with a prize fund of an excess of €45,000 and a very strong local interest in this one. We have a lot to look forward to tonight. Paul Hennessy has two finalists. What a remarkable achievement it is by Paul Hennessy and his team. And Paul Hennessy, of course, as we know, he trains horses as well. He had a number of runners in this week's Cheltenham Festival. And he has two finalists in the €45,000 Bresbet Easter Cup. The final takes place tonight in Shelburne Park. Trap 5, priceless jet runs from the orange jacket for Paul Hennessy and his team. is a very, very consistent greyhound. In fact, he won the 2021 Corn Cullen over 7.50. A very, very strong steer indeed and has a big chance tonight in the Easter Cup final. In the stripes of trap number 6, Beach Avenue, finished strongly to f- finish second in the semi-finals last week, is certainly going to give a good account of himself tonight as he does every night he's a very very consistent ground and best of luck to Paul Hennessy and his team and our locally connected runners in tonight's 2022 Brisbane Easter Cup final it's where the big ones are at it's a classic and it's a competition which is much envied to win so best of luck to our local connections in that one Elsewhere last night in Kilkenny, we had a cracking 10 race card on our hands. And of course, the highlight being the semi finals of this year's Ballymac Anton and Stud McCalmont Cup. And of course, the McCalmont Cup is a fantastic competition in our local track with wonderful history and heritage. It's actually been around since the 1940s, would you believe? And this McCalmont Cup is a cracking renewal. The 2022 McCalmont Cup semi-finals last night was won. The first semi-final was won by Mustang Sam. In a very quick time of 28.90, he went off our 5-4 to favourite. And well done to the owner and trainer of Mustang Sam, Sean Burke. He had a wonderful training performance to see Mustang Sam leading up the back straight, showing good staying power and going on to win by two and a half lengths to Flamin' Moneybags, who ran quite well as well for the two Leash and four Kilkenny Syndicate. And back in third in the stripes of Trap 6, Foil Amy for owner-trainer John Mackey. So those three will progress through the next Friday night's Ballymac Anton and Stud McCalmon Cup final. It's a cracking competition this year we also saw, saw cracking crowds in Kilkenny Ground Stadium last night and the betting ring was a hive of activity as always wonderful to see in the second semi-final Coolanga Lady produced an astounding performance to win 28-69 which is a very very quick time around Kilkenny track for owner trainer Michael Lowry trap number three Zoom finished in second place he was the 5-4 for the Club of Champions Syndicate and Mertlahi and also for Mertlahi back in third was Lou Jano at 8-1 giving a good account of herself for Mertlahi and the Club of Champions Syndicate so best of luck to all of those six finalists and the final of this year's 2022 Bellamac Anton and Stud McCalmon Cup will take place on Friday night at our local Kilkenny, Kilkenny track and there's sure to be a wonderful crowd turning out for the final of what is a fantastic renewal and it's a competition which is very close to our hearts here in Kilkenny and Stadium it means so much to the local people so best of luck to all of them elsewhere on the card there was impressive performances particularly in the first race with Sober Diamond winning in a time of 29-23 very well supported by punters last night at 4-6 favourite showed dashing early pace 
and certainly looks a nice prospect this young pup owned by Sean Malone and trained by David Flanagan so well done to them we had a 7-2-5 race on the second race of our card which was won by Long Trucker in a very nice time of 41-20 for owner trainer John Snell these staying races are very very interesting encounters indeed and it produced a cracking staying race last night for our 7-2-5 second race elsewhere on the card Apex Huntress was victorious in a time of 29.38 at a price of 2 to 1. So well done to the owner and trainer of Apex Hundreds, Stuart Kavanagh. And last but not least, our final race on the card was won very impressively by Foyle Julie in a very nice time of 29.07, showing good staying prowess for owner trainer John Mackey. So well done to all winning connections of our races in Kilkenny last night. Elsewhere in Kilkenny, next Saturday, March 26th, the sales are full and at 8.30am the sales trials will commence. If you're looking to get involved in Greyhound ownership, either as an owner yourself or as syndicates, I would definitely recommend getting out to Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium and seeing the wonderful Greyhounds on offer for sale. And who knows, you might buy a Derby champion, you never know. In good news elsewhere this week for Kilkenny Stadium, we had the champion unraced 10k to the winner. 10,000 euros a whopping prize money at our local track, confirmed for May the 6th. We also had the TP Weedick Open 725, confirmed for the 22nd of April. And also the Ballymac Best at Stud unraced final will take place next Friday night. So next Friday night we have the final of the Ballymac Best at Stud unraced and also the final of the 2022 McCalmon Cup what a cracking night of action we have to look forward to next Friday night in Kilkenny but first in Shelburne Park for the final of the 2022 Bresbet Easter Cup where Paul Hennessy bids to take the glory home to County Kilkenny with Priceless Jet and Beach Avenue from Trap 5 and Trap 6 best of luck to all of them as we look forward to a cracking couple of days and weeks and months ahead of Greyhound Racing We also spoke to chairperson of the Kilkenny GAA supporters group, John Mackey. Joining me on the line is the head of the Kilkenny Supporters Club for the past 30 years, Mr. John Mackey. John, thanks for taking the time, sir. Thank you. Uh, I wouldn't say 30 years now, Shane, but... I'm blaming Ronnie. He said 30 anyway. He told me to say it. Oh, well, yeah. It's both of them there around... Yeah, there she's around 93, yeah, 92, 93, 92 with Liam Penley and DJ Carey, and then I was co-opted on to it in 93, I think, and that's about it, yeah. The, you've seen many moments, many great nights, and many failures and heartbreaks as well, yeah, but you've seen many AGMs, you have another one this Wednesday, what's on the agenda? Well, sure, this, we have a, a, our AGM is Wednesday night, but it's not never be the same again for a while, because we lost a great man. We lost our secretary last Christmas, Jim Freeman, Lord of Mercy. And uh, Jim is gone. And Jim was at the helm there for many and many a year there. And he'll, he'll be a, he's going to be, a, he is a big loss. And he will be a big loss going forward as well, to be honest about it. Yeah, passed away Stevens's day. Um, the yeah. big, obviously, it's going to be a completely different uh, thing without him around uh, as well. Oh, yeah, already, like, you know, Jim wasn't well now throughout uh, last year there, and he 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 fought a gallant battle like on a week before he passed away. And uh, you know, it, it's it's like 
the old story, you never miss the water and the well runs dry, but Jim Freeman is going to be a savage, savage loss. And it's hard to replace him now, I don't care, you know, what way we think about it, but um, Jim is going to be a savage, savage loss. And Even his presence at games alone as well, you know. Oh, God, he wouldn't miss, you know what I mean? He was involved with all the teams. He knew every player, minors, colleges, under-20s, everything that every young lad that ever took a ball for the Kenny. Jim got, you know, met him and had a chat with him and the hand great with every one of them. Now, in fairness to him, great oh, carry to that. Almost like a race of passage to get onto the Kilkenny team. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and another thing, if Jim, if people went to Jim and they wanted that done, uh, Jim would look after him. He'd die or look after for him. You know, he was a great man that way, like, you know. And no doubt he'll be sadly missed on Wednesday night. But speaking of Wednesday yeah. night, you do have the AGM happening. And what's coming up? Well, we're kicking off at half seven. Please, sure we have to we have to give a report. We had no AGM last year on account of the COVID, so we have to give a our report for the last two year and uh, financial report and uh, this and that. We have to elect new officers. Every every uh, position is up for grabs, like and. Uh, we have, uh, that's what we're in there for Wednesday night. We'd hope a good crowd of supporters to come in and have their say, a good crowd of members, and we'll be setting up to set out as much as we can to collect new members and old members and business membership and all that. We kicked off already this year, so we just try and get back to where we were. Uh, where's it all going ahead, John? It's going ahead in Nolan Park at 7.30 on, on uh, Wednesday evening. Lovely. And would you know much of the stuff then that you're going to be chatting or is it just kind of getting people involved in it? Well, first and foremost, like, we'll have to give a report on what happened since we had our last AGM. And that, and uh, then we'll have a chat and I guess we'll have to do the minutes of the, the one in 2020. And uh, we'll have to have it people can question that. And uh, we'll go ahead then... Uh, with the election of officers, and that's from the chair, vice chair, secretary, assistant secretary. Uh, but, uh, we we haven't the treasurer Barry Hickey's treasurer, the county board is our treasurer, but we have a, a, a treasurer of our own. But we're all answerable to we're answerable to the county board. So uh, we'd have an assistant treasurer. We'd have to nominate him. For assistant treasurer this year as well, and in Kilkenny, like we're all Kilkenny supporters, and we all follow the inter-county side. But for joining the supporters club, what does that actually entail? Then, what's what can people expect if they want to sign up for? Well, if they want to sign up, they can sign up. Uh, we have our, our committee, like is well, I don't know what it would be, but we'd have about twenty on the committee, and um, we probably, we pro- I don't know, will we have the same now for two thousand twenty two? But we, but we probably will. And any of those people that they'll be, they'll be out and about who, who those people are, and uh, they'll all have membership cards or stickers. They can sign you up, and if not, they'll be able to join on the online. We're a, we're a link from from uh, the Kilkenny GA, and you can join us online. And uh, we send out once you join online, and we get word of it from. I think it's club force at the moment now. I'm not sure, but. Um, we would send out a, a membership card, a second them then, and uh, that's the way you join up. Uh, business membership, we go to businesses and we go, some businesses come to us and uh, sign up. Jim was a great man for the business membership now. He was, he, he was, he was Jim was involved uh, with, um, in financial companies for a good few years, you know, 
in his working days and uh, he has a lot of contacts. He was a great man for the golf club, or the golf um, outings as well. And he was a great man to round up businesses like that. So he was, you know, he was a, he'd be sadly missed there as well. Actually. Yeah, and all memberships, it goes towards not just the, the inter-county team, but like, you know, the, the secondary team, minor teams, uh, the, even the yearbook, it, it all goes to good juice. Yeah, but then we say tomorrow, like at, no, at, at the half time at the, the senior game and with, with versus Waterford, we'll make a presentation to St. Kieran's College and to uh, and to the Loretto Camogie team that got to the senior All Ireland final. And we'd also like support any club teams that get to the All Ireland finals, that'll be junior, intermediate, or senior. We would support the cl- those clubs, like we say, the Shamrocks, we said this year now and other years. We'd often have the three the three teams in intermediate, junior, and senior. Like, and we'd support anybody that gets to an All Ireland final. You know what I mean? And does becoming a member does that help with any type of kind of tickets or anything like that? Particularly when it comes up to the All Irelands. Well, if if we get an allocation of tickets for the All Ireland now, one time uh, before it really took off, we were getting uh, terrace tickets for everybody. But that's since. I don't know what the setup is, but we get a certain amount of tickets. And we say we have Martin Dowling in all options in the borough now inside, and he'd have a lot of members. So he gets maybe a third of his. We say he had two hundred members just for a picking number. He gets around seventy tickets. Then they be terrorists and they be this and that, and he'd allocate them to his members and draw, do a draw, and they get the ticket that way. You know. And that's the same goes throughout the county. Like we have people on the committee from Glenmore and Toller and Moonkine and you know, places like that. We have a few from the city and so Hennessy Sports as well that are available there and <clears throat> things like that, you know. And and speaking of tickets and you're in the grounds and you're around the supporters, it's been a hot topic of discussion there uh, recently in regards to the way the GEA has kind of changed the the way tickets are purchased. Everything has to be done beforehand. You can't buy at the gate. We've seen a lot of things online about people complaining. We talked to Jim Bulger, the Carlo GEA chairman. He said, look, this is just the way it is. Of course, you're going to have uh, issues when things are bedding in. As someone who is involved with the Kilkenny Supporters Club, is this something that has been highlighted to you before? or would you expect it to be highlighted on Wednesday night? I've heard no, numerous uh, people commenting on the on the way tickets are. You know, you, you have to go online, you go this way and that way. Now, I totally agree with what people are saying because there's an awful lot of people can't go online. Yeah. There's an awful lot of people uh, can't don't have email. There's people that haven't got smartphones. And there's people that's living on their own. And people say, I oh, should think you get someone to get a ticket for it. It's not as easy as that. I t- you know what I mean? I, you have to agree with the supporter that I know they're going modern, they're going this way and that way. There's no money collections at gates, this and that. But I would, pre- I would prefer the old way. But like, it probably takes more manpower to do it the old way. I don't know. I don't know. Times the are changing. Do you think that contributed then to somewhat a bit of a disappointing turnout in both home games this year? Like it's going to be important to have a big crowd in Nolan Park tomorrow to create some type of atmosphere that are what that will have the day should not relish in playing us. Yeah, 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 we'll have, I, I, I wasn't talking to anybody uh, of authority now since Wednesday night, but on Wednesday night we had a meeting inside in town there uh, with a, a company and uh, some of the county board were there and. 
it came up and they, they were very pleased on Wednesday night with the number of tickets that had already been sold. And Thursday and Friday and Saturday are the three busy days for the sale of tickets online or in, through the supermarket now. Uh, that's great. Uh, uh, how are you? How are you assessing? Uh, we know as well that, um, particularly in Kilkenny, um, that there some of the biggest sales are happening within the supermarkets, as you were saying, um, in all of Ireland. So the ticket uptake does seem to be quite big still when you're you're going into your bricks and mortar shops. Yeah, but I think myself tomorrow. Now I'm not trying to switch this from you, but I think tomorrow you'll see the bones of. Six or seven thousand people in Northern Park tomorrow, and that'd be decent. It's a, it's a decent turnout when you compare to say the the leash game. There was only about three thousand, I believe. Yeah, well, if you go down, if you went down to Southport Leash, you saw Leash playing last weekend at home. You nearly, you know, they had a very small turnout as well. And uh, but that Leash is the dual county too, and maybe it's, uh, you know Hurling is strong and. In pockets, but it's not strong all over. We're strong all over the county, like from Glenmore, Tullerford to Orly for the moment. You know, from Castlecomer down to Carrick and Shore, or Clock to Castle Cass- to Carrick and Shore, you're strong. But like Orly for or the uh, niche would have a, a pocket only have pockets like, and they'd have lots of stronger pockets for the football maybe than Hurling. You know what I mean? It's and oh. and looking at say this league, league in general and getting away from say attendance is just from your own personal perspective what have been the key finds this year in the league so far Mikey Butler Tom Feeling have certainly stood out we know Keane Kenny is getting a big praise off Owen Larkin there recently yeah well sure look at um, the league is for trying these players there's no there's no time in the in the in the GA calendar now for practice matches or trials you know there's no opening the pitches like we say Kikini Ben Clare and you throw in six or seven new lads and that them days are behind us at the moment because the calendar is too full Yeah, you have half the year for the county uh, in the county and the rest is for the club and, uh, and, it, and the club championships and this and that you know so the, the lads just have to be in trial and, and, and you know they're, they're doing okay like uh, I wouldn't get carried away with any but they're all doing their best and, and uh, tomorrow will be a big test for any of these young fellas that's there we're looking forward to it here we'll be covering it our own Robbie Dowling on commentary with Mikey Walsh um, just before we go there then uh, just the AGM on Wednesday night can anybody rock up do you have to kind of notify you beforehand or what's the ins and outs of it anyone that's a member or wants to become a member can join on the night either we had our weekly check in with Davy Jones on all things fitness Yes, actually, we all need a bit of a blowout every now and again. I'd say a lot of people had a blowout um, this weekend gone since Thursday on, even I'd say. And uh, yeah, like the likes of going out and a few drinks and having a meal out, a bit of bad food, stuff like that. It's not the end of the world. And a lot of people can get very caught up in, you know, oh, I did this wrong, I did that wrong. And, you know, as long as it's not too repetitive and too, like, as long as you're not doing it every week, if you're doing a big blowout every week, it's not going to make much of a difference and the main thing is get your head back into the game and get back in training tomorrow morning and or t- tomorrow in general and yeah get to get your diet back on track get your training back on track and 
it's not, it's not the end of the world yeah because you can so often put stuff into say my fitness pal and uh, you're putting in the calories that you're eating and generally the days that are like a Thursday when you're putting in your Guinnesses and stuff they compromise probably all of your recommended daily allowance in, in terms of calories um, very high calorie content in them and of course you're going to have to eat that day as well so as you were kind of saying just don't do it too often Exactly, yeah, there's no need to do it too often and, you know, but at the same time you need to, you know, you need to go out and have have a good time and have a bit of a blowout every now and again. It can't be all training and strict diet, like, you know, and just to be somewhat accountable for what you're doing when, when you're out. I don't mean to be boring or anything, but, you know, just don't do the dog on it altogether and eat everything in sight and drink everything in sight. And like I said, yeah, back back to your routine then on Monday and off you go again. Is fitness during the, say, maybe even the next day, some people might use it as as some type of cure, say, after they had the dog on it, done the dog on it, or had a good night the night before. Uh, is, is going out for a walk, going out for a run, trying to get your heartbeat going, is that a good idea considering that you'd be somewhat dehydrated? Yeah. Well, the big thing is people are drinking a lot, um is just take a few electrolyte tablets or lower light tablets um, the morning after or even the night before or the night over drinking and then the morning after drinking um, and that'll just help your hydration levels. A lot of hangover, hangovers is just basically purely dehydration. Um, get some salts and get some water into your body and then yeah, definitely get some exercise going, get the heart rate up, get a little bit of sweat on and that'll, that'll cure your hangover. I had a few people in over the last few days you know, that had a few hangovers and they felt much better once they once they were going out. They didn't feel great coming in now, but once they had the session done within an hour, they were back to normal. They said, you know, and it's just getting back on track with their food, getting the water intake up back up again, and get the body moving again. Yeah, I had to. I. Had a, had a bit too much fun on Thursday I was back in training there on Saturday it was uh, getting the heart rate going as well I, I had to think it was it was quite good for the mind as well and that's the good thing that exercise brings about now I have to say it all Wednesday before I was getting prepared for Thursday was probably the toughest leg session that I ever had before and it's this introduction of a thing known as time under tension or tut as some people might say when they're getting told that they have to do that so time under tension would be kind of bringing the weight down timing it and then pushing it back up on a timer can you explain the reasoning behind that what that actually does so basically just kind of breaks down more muscle fibres and like you just said the muscles under more tension for a longer period of time and the weight you're not going to be lifting as heavy and it is a good way in sense we always can't lift heavy and to take a little bit of load off our joints um I like to do time under tension kind of stuff with, with my clients and myself, with myself as well. Um, so just basically bring down the weights about 30 or 40% and focus on maybe doing seven to eight seconds per rep, throw four seconds on the way down, three on the way up or vice versa, whatever way you want to do it. And the muscle just has to work a hell of a lot harder just to control the weight rather than just doing a two-second rep. So if you do... 8 seconds a rep for 10 reps is 80 seconds that's a lot of time doing one set like towards doing 2 seconds and 10 reps is only 20 seconds so it's 4 times the amount of um, load on the body if that makes sense Shane it's a good way of not overloading the joints as well and you, would you you wouldn't recommend then doing that all the time though if, you, if you're saying not to overload the joints it's almost like a break for your joints would you still recommend maybe having a few sessions and incorporating this into your session maybe once a week or once every few weeks 
Yeah, once every few weeks, definitely. And then I like to do kind of even one exercise uh, every session for myself on it, just so I don't, you know, because I'm lifting fairly regularly. Um, not to be doing this, um, doing one lighter exercise every day on it, just to get some a lot of blood flow in there, and, and not to be. I do enough kind of hard stuff in my joints, not to be always going too hard on my joints. And speaking of hard stuff, you're on the telly box there yesterday for the first time. Two Kilkenny men competing in Ireland's strongest man on RT. It got a good buzz out of that, I'd say. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, two myself and Blaine, um, two two guys first time ever, like you said, two guys from Kenny and down Ireland, and it was great um, publicity for the sport as well. And yeah, so it, it's really after coming on the last few years, and hopefully now the next few years we we'll just keep on getting better and better. We can get more people from. Kenny involved over the next few years and the, the, the competition itself was from uh, 2021 but it seems to get a good reaction online did you notice since that uh, you've come in, into onto the game that you've had more people looking to train that kind of style yeah exactly I suppose once um, I've been covered on national TV or whatever stuff like that people recognise kind of what they're doing and stuff like that and see what kind of level they're at and what it takes and people are very interested like it's Strongman's kind of, it's very kind of eye opening in the sense of people ask you, what do you lift? And you say you pull a truck, an 18 ton truck. <laughs> it's, it's not like a bar and weight, it's not it's not like that. And that, that's what Strongman is. It's, it opens the eye of, like, I, I could go out there and lift extra amount of kilos on a bar, but normal person doesn't know what, if that's good, bad, or whatever. But when you pull a truck or flip a car, it's a lot more impressive and it, it's good to watch. Yeah, physically quite uh, pleasing. Uh, Speaking about getting kind of being pleased with the physicality, the 10-week course that we've done uh, came to an end. I was quite pleased with the results and uh, you can go check it out on scoreline.e and look at some of the blog posts. Uh, now we're starting another 10-week course uh, of training. Is that something that's quite typical that you get clients that are coming in are quite happy, quite shocked in some cases by the results they were able to achieve and they're looking to go straight again? Yeah, very few of our clients... Um don't um, do another 10 weeks or another 5 weeks whatever it be um, I say about 95% of our clients just keep going uh, we have clients long term clients that are training with us for 7 or 8 years like you know more even and uh, yeah it's just it's hard like I said to you before it's just hard not to keep getting results and people are happy being with us guiding them along the way and it's like we've discussed before Shane, it's it's, um, it's much better you know yourself you get better results by being guided in the right way and getting the right motivation as the right person you certainly do uh, well Davey thanks very much for taking the time out on the Sunday I'm sure I'll be seeing you again Tuesday if people want to see you in person see the, the mammoth of a man that's able to do the splits <laughs> I seen that on your Instagram the other day 24 stone still able to do the splits that's unbelievable but if someone wants to get in touch uh, how can they get in touch uh, David Drone Fitness on Instagram or Facebook and my, my contact number is there as well and if you're looking to get into any personal training or gym membership or anything like that just give us a show and we can hook you up with that A1 Davey I will see you very very soon have a great weekend sir Davy Jones from Davy Jones Fitness uh, Week 11 training with Davy Jones is up on scoreline.ie as well if you want to check out that blog We also got the post-match reaction from Carlo Senior Football Manager Niall Carew after his side's loss to Tipperary.
Hi, crew. Disappointing results. Your thoughts? Yeah, very disappointing, Kev. Um, Totten at half time were well in the game. Um, so yeah, a couple of points in it, and um, I felt we were just, you know, we were finding goals. Uh, but um, no, second half, I think when we made that mistake for the goal, um, our heads dropped, and you could see the the energy drain from and from there on in, we were second best, uh, which is disappointing for us as a group. But um, no, we addressed it inside there, and we're hoping that. Um, you know, that that won't happen again, I suppose, Kev. So, uh, yeah, no, disappointing second half overall. Just, um, you know, we, we, we have to be bigger than that. And I think we will be going forward. I think it's a learning curve for us. Yeah. Look, Niall, from your point of view and Willie's point of view, I do a bit of coaching. Willie does a bit of coaching. We saw what looked like a textbook tackle from Mikey Bamberg and ends up with a penalty. Yeah. And I don't want to get dragged into it giving over refs and stuff, yeah. but my God... Yeah, I think the free counter in the second half was unbelievable. Every time we touched it, we got a free. Um, so it was very hard for others to be aggressive and to tackle then. Uh, but I suppose that's out of our control, Kev. Um, but um, yeah, not even frustrating. Uh, we, we need everything to go our way, and it didn't. Um, but yeah, disappointing. Yeah, I think in fairness, like everything, even though it's 11 point defeat and lads' heads are down or whatever, there was positives. We put together some good moves, we kicked some nice scores. Um, I would like to compliment the resilience of, of Kobe and the goal because he didn't drop the head after the kick out. His next kick out he pinged. His kick outs in general were very good. And he saved the penalty. So there is a bit of staying, a bit of resilience. And for chaps to have that sort of mentality, for me, can only be a positive point forward. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're all very disappointed now just with the second half of forwards. But look, Kobe's first game at 20 years of age, as you said, made a mistake for the goal. And, but an unbelievable save to make up for it. Um, but yeah, look, I know it is. It, it's, like, we, we know we're as good as Tipperary. We know that. Uh, but you know, a few of our lads didn't play well today. To know that themselves, um, but I just think we have to be more resilient going forward. Um, and uh, it's been a great learning curve for us, the league. We've Wexford next week. Um, just try and galvanise the whole group together. And uh, look, we're all deflated now, and, and that's important too that we are. There's no point in me coming out here being um, all chirpy after being bet by ten points. Um, but I will say the first half was a very good performance and I think we are building slowly uh, but look hopefully you know Josh Moore and Shane Clark were big losses today um, you know Morta Ware was injured as well so our panel was a little bit down but look lads in the first half you know we, we were we did exactly what we were supposed to do in the second half then when the goal went in uh, we just dropped at a small mm-hmm. bit and when you drop energy levels at county level you get punished Yeah, that's what happened and there's no doubt about it Jay. I, I agree in terms of the free count was ridiculous every time they got the ball them, mm. you know we couldn't put a tackle in and Ross Dunphy put in excellent tackles mm. and he got blown as well so. yeah, and, look, Mike, and Mikey was and Mikey was great tackles yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a bit frustrating then we were down to the 14 men for the last 10 minutes as well mm. and I think they got 1-2 yeah. so that's that sums it up really I think from from our point of view and the thing that I spot on him certainly was the look it took us a little bit of while to just uh, I'm sure you have it in the lads heads about direct ball direct ball right but because they got back we probably tried to force the direct ball a little bit from where I could see and gave it away but then when we tuned in to actually going through the hands we drew a lot of fouls didn't we yeah absolutely no, you're 100% uh, Kevin um, I think we did force it and that's yeah. what they wanted um, you know, probably, and we probably got conceded 1-2 in that 
why forcing it. Uh, but look, yeah, it's a learning curve. We'll go down, you know, we'll have a look at the video and we'll cut out the, the mistakes and, and try and put them right for the next day. Mm. And um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it is deflated now, but hopefully we'll get it right now next week for the Wexford match. Absolutely. Well, listen, very best luck. Thanks for having a chat with us now, Larry. Thanks, Kev. We also got some post-match reaction from Mike Wall, Kilkenny minor camogie manager. Mike Wall, minor manager. How do you summarise that event? Lost to Galway in the All-Ireland semi-final. I suppose they got revenge after we getting the better of them after extra time last year. But your overall thoughts on the game there this afternoon? Sir Martin, the overall thoughts of the game was, look, we... I suppose we should have been a few more points up at half time um, but look what, what can you say we're, we make no excuses Galway were very hungry very physical very good today to be honest and on the day we just have to bow our heads and say the better team won yeah they look really up for the game but in fairness you were well on top right up to half time you got two very good goals early on you know ran into a comfortable 2-1 to a point lead then their corner forward gets injured momentum really goes with yourselves you know and as you said possession wise down in the forward line we didn't seem to really do enough with it when I went down there it was like the dreaded water break um, coming back I just I, I wish that girl I don't know what it is I know it's a serious injury and I don't know what her name is I wish her all the very best from all of us and um, we hate to see that happening but yeah look I suppose we were we were six points up at that stage and that really did it sucked the life out of us we didn't we didn't score again until just before half time um, again I'm not making any of the excuses would it have been any different I don't know we were well in control in the game and after that I think it was probably the, the momentum shifter that Galway wanted that Galway needed and Galway got but again it's very look they, they are well um, as I said like they were always going to be probably you know up for this game compared to what happened to them last year so look look, we, we just have to look we just have to go away regroup we still have a Leinster championship to come we couldn't ask any more for the girls did it happen for them today as a team I don't think it did but I thought we defended heroically I really did um, look in fairness the backs were under severe pressure there as well because I mean scoring one point in the whole of the half tells its own story with the dominance that Galway had yeah. our backs were under severe pressure there but they, they stemmed the flow of pressure that was going into them as best they could but it just kept coming like a wave after wave after wave the whole time I think. yeah it did yeah look we were fierce and lucky not to get in for another goal there near the end and like I suppose look we we had the line share possession um, for the last 10-15 minutes and just didn't make it pay maybe we forced things a little bit too much but look these are young girls we certainly look maybe we made mistakes in the line too it's not everything out and it's certainly not the fault of the girls out in the field but look we've had two great years we, we have to say where we wanted to try to see if we could at least get back to another All-Ireland that wasn't to be and all I, I don't know who won the other one but all I can do I can wish Galway the very very best uh, they came here today they they let's be fair they out hurled us and you know when you're out hurled you know there was no there was no bad refereeing decisions that I can see there was no there was no messing on the sideline or anything like that it's just they came they on the day they were the better team 
they seem to be that small bit cuter in their back line that every time our forwards got the ball and he went to run at them they fouled our backs an awful amount of time and it wasn't the same player okay their number 11 was sent off for two yellow cards but every time the Kilkenny forward seemed to get the ball Galway either pulled him by the jersey or dragged him down to stop he getting the scores and it just shifted the momentum a little bit then we didn't get the ball over the bar either which was a bit disappointing Ah yeah look we, as I say we missed a few easy chances I'm not going to say but like they were they were fouling they were they were tactical fouling and they were ta- they were fouling out in the sideline which again uh, there's there's no law against that you foul the referee blows the whistle they get a free so but yeah they were tactical fouling Amy Clifford had a couple of horrible frees there in the second half to try to put over so you can't knock that but um, look I suppose where the game was won and lost um, and again we wish the very best to that girl from Galway that probably was a changing point because we were never back on top after that so but look as I said if you know I'm sure uh, you know you, you, you pull momentum from anywhere you possibly can and fair play to Galway and we wish them all the very very best yeah, no, they were very well coached hungry as you say but in fairness our girls they showed great character even when Galway pulled ahead going 3 points 4 points 5 points up in the end they didn't drop the heads they kept fighting right to the bitter end to try and get the victory it just didn't happen no it just didn't happen as I said we sent in some great ball we really really did uh, and probably if we sent in the amount of ball with the quality of ball in the first half that we did in the second half we might have made more hay out of it um, like do you know one of the girls there ran in stubbed her hurl into the ground and she was straight in on goal that would have probably pulled it back with about five minutes left to pull it back to do you know look what can you say what can you say not a whole lot Mike just one of them days but hard luck you got to the semi-final great achievement it's not to be to make it back to back it's hard to do back to back at minor level to be fair ah, look it's a, t- it's a tough grade like you know and we like again it is it's a super it's, it is a super like we drew Galloway we as I said we didn't we didn't overly care who we got Cork Galloway we, Tipperary whoever we got we had to we had to play him in the semi-final or final um, we got Galloway do you know what it was probably the best thing because we knew that they would it's probably the, the draw that they if you, if you call a spade a spade probably the draw that they really wanted because they wanted to get one back so look what can you say it's uh, it's been a great championship for us uh, it's been a frustrating championship in ways you know and I think the Camogie and it's not sour grapes I said it after we beat Waterford I think the Camogie Association for the minor A championship could do a little bit better to keep uh, the fixture congestion away from us but other than that look what can you say great championship so proud of our girls That's all for this week's edition of Scoreline Extra. Don't forget, you can catch the live show every Saturday and Sunday from 2pm. We'll chat to you again soon.